Georgia Griffith has been one of Australia's best middle distance runners for many years. She first represented Australia at the 2014 World Juniors and has since been to two World Champs, one Commonwealth Games and one Olympic Games. Her best result to date is arguably a semi-final appearance over 1500 at the 2019 Doha World Champs. With PBs of 2 minutes 0.13 over 800 and 404 over 1500, she belongs to a small group of women capable of beating the likes of Lyndon Hall and Jessica Hull. She recently finished second over 1500 at the Australian Champs, so we caught up with Georgia as she prepares for another European season. Before we get into it, a quick word from this week's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by ASICS. ASICS has launched the Gel Nimbus 24, a new iteration within the Gel Nimbus family, while also debuting the FF Blast Plus technology, giving runners the most impact protection yet. The new FF Blast Plus technology is a foam-based design, making the shoe 20 grams lighter than its predecessor, while providing a more energized toe-off and softer landing in every step. The Gel Nimbus 24 running shoe is available for men and women from ASICS retail, online stores and specialist running outlets in Australia from March 16, 2022. Retails $240. George, lovely to have you on Runners Tribe. We've, we've done a few written um, interviews with you over the years, but never a podcast, so uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Sam. Very excited to yeah be on the podcast. I hear you just uh, race at stall over the weekend in the 1K and had a win. Tell me about that. Yeah, so it was really exciting. I haven't really done too many of those um, handicap races. I did one, um, the Parkdale one, a bit earlier in the year. And i got to say I found that pretty, yeah, confusing and not what I expected. So I sort of went into stall just being like, oh, it's going to be a bit of fun um, to just see how it goes. And I hadn't really tapered for it. And actually, to be honest, the week before I'd had such a bad week of training, I was just like, oh, let's just try and hang in there. Um, but yeah, I ended up winning, which was, yeah, a really nice result. Um, yeah, and it was lots of fun to head out to Storwell as well because I hadn't been before. Yeah, first time there. So how, how did that race work? Like you on the back marker, were you? No, so it was, um, it was a really good field. They had, so Lyndon was on the back marker because she's got the record. And then Katrina Bissett, she was off two metres. And then me and Abby were off seven metres. Um, yeah, and there were eight girls all in the race. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was a really good field. Um, and me and Abby sort of went off and she was in front of me. And I just tried to tuck in and hang on. Um, and I think there were sort of two packs, the front pack and then Abby, me, Lyndon, Katrina. Um, and... I yeah, sort of wasn't really the race I did in Parkdale. I feel like I spent so much mental energy thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so far from the front. I got to catch up. But this one, I think I was just a bit more relaxed and just tried to, yeah, just tried to relax in it. Um, and then, yeah, with 200 to go, I felt like I had a bit of a kick. Um, and yeah, coming to the home straight, managed to get in front. And I was sort of thinking, oh no, where's Lyndon and Katrina coming? Because I know they're such, yeah, good athletes and were yeah gaining um but it was yeah I've won and it was pretty exciting yeah <laughs> how was uh how was the atmosphere there were so many people there um it was yeah such a great yeah event um it was such nice weather Saturday Sunday and then on the Monday it was a bit more rainy and drizzly 
But even with that, there were still lots of people there. Um, and yeah, obviously the 100, 120 meter race, the really big one, that was really exciting to watch as well. The lots of, yeah, atmosphere for that, really tense and quiet when they go off. Um, yeah, it was a great day. A few weeks ago, you uh, finished second at Nationals over 1500 and uh, you beat home Lyndon Hall um, and it was, you know, outkicked by Abby and how was, um, were you happy with that run? Uh, was it, you know, obviously you've, you've had a few niggles and injuries, but you're back running pretty well? Yeah, um, I think I was really, yeah, probably a month before I was sort of feeling like I was still just building up and probably wanted to be a bit further ahead. Um, I'm sure everybody thinks that as well. Um, so I think, yeah, considering um, my sort of slow lead up into the season, I'm absolutely really happy with second. But I think like every athlete, there's always like a few things in the race that you'd like to do differently. And yeah, there were just a few things I was like, oh, I wish I changed that. But um, yeah, and it was a, it was a really, it was a tough race. And I think, yeah, second in that, um, especially, yeah, my slow build up. I'm, yeah, really happy with that. Such a tough run for Lyndon, hey, like, however good she is, it's just such a hard way to, to try and win. Oh, yeah, way. absolutely. And it was so, it was so windy. The conditions were not good. And, yeah, she, because I guess um, me and me, well, she's a really talented 800 runner as well, Lyndon, um, but she probably knows that her strength is just going out really hard and she probably didn't want to leave it to a kick, but it's so hard trying to um, lead it. And yeah, especially when it's windy. I, I did feel for her when I was tucking in behind her on the, like the home straight um, with, yeah, you could feel the wind. And I was like, oh, it's a bit, it's going to be tough, Lyndon. Yeah. <laughs> now, the depth in women's middle distance running these days is getting, getting pretty crazy. Uh, much like the men's really, you know, like kind of on par with each other and, um, you know, if, we, if someone had told you before the race that you were going to, that you beat Lyndon, then you probably assume you'd win. And then Abby came, you know, came in and, and kind of took the race. Like how much is all this just raising the bar um, for everyone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, there's just so much depth, like across the 800 and 1500, like the 1K race that, um, yeah, store yesterday, just like the quality was, yeah, amazing. Um, and it's going to be so tough to make the teams. Absolutely. Um, so, but I think it's really exciting as well, because it just sort of pushes everyone like last year with Lyndon and Jess, like trading the 1500 record. And I think as well, Abby in it now as well. Um, yeah, it's just going to, I reckon, raise the bar and I reckon we'll see some really great performances this year for women's middle distance. You've, um, so where to from here? Like you're not a stranger to major championships. You raced, uh, 2019 Worlds, the Com Games in 18, the Worlds in 17, I believe. Um, correct me if I got any of that wrong. But, um, <laughs> where to from here? What, what's the strategy to make, uh, you know, you, uh, Eugene and uh, Com Games as well? Yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, I'm planning to go to Europe. I'm going to do a race in Japan um, on the 8th of May and then, base in London and, and do some races around there and hopefully I feel like I've sort of been able to be um, still building like each week so hopefully can run a little quicker overseas um, yeah it's definitely going to be really tough um, I've sort of I've changed coaches recently and I think the new change and sort of different training style I'm not trying to put too much pressure on myself um, last year trying to make 
the Olympics was just pretty mentally tough and exhausting. And I think my focus on my focus this year, just to be healthy and try and run some PBs, obviously, yeah, would love to make the teams, but I'm going to have those as my focus and yeah, we'll see, see what happens. So tell me about the coach change. Yeah, so I'd had I'd been with Steve Ellinghouse for ten years. Um, he got me. Um, I started in year nine, like a two forty eight hundred meter runner, um, and he got me to the Olympics, which it was yeah a great, a really good journey with him. And yeah, there was honestly not anything I didn't like about the training. It's just I'd been with him for ten years, and after the Olympics, I think as well I was like a bit burnt trying to like squeeze everything to try and make the team and get to the race um I think I just wanted a bit of a change so um yeah I took a bit of time and then I ended up going with um Nick Badeau as my coach in Melbourne Track Club and yeah it's a bit different some of the training philosophies but I gotta say I'm really liking the new challenges and the new environment and yeah I've got a lot of um trust in Nick as well and yeah I'm sort of excited to see how it goes because I know it'll take um, a bit of time adjusting to the new training but yeah looking forward to yeah where it goes it's hard it's always hard leaving a coach after like a decade hey it's like it's kind of like a relationship breaking up but um... yeah yeah absolutely it was it was so tough because yeah I have like so much respect for Steve and yeah it was it was such a great environment to be a part of and I, I absolutely loved it so I think especially when I was like oh I think I need to make a change and you know I had that chat um and I was sort of like oh no I just said no to something that was really good and I wasn't really sure what I was doing next so it was yeah a really tough spot um but I think yeah it's yeah change is just like so many athletes need just a, you know new environments um and yeah tough and, um, but yeah and, and so is the training now with Nick uh how's it changed mainly for you is there more mileage and more focus on that kind of aerobic work or um or is not so much so my weekly mileage at the moment is actually pretty similar to what it was previously um just some of the sessions are a bit longer shorter recoveries um still doing some faster stuff towards the end of the session um but yeah definitely I think, yeah, shorter recoveries and longer volume for some of the sessions. So working on that, really working on that aerobic base, which I would say probably isn't my strong suit. Um, yeah, but still doing, yeah, some sort of anaerobic type speed stuff too. So yeah. Just at the, just at the end of like a threshold or 1K rep session or something? Um, oh, more so like... Um, like our track sessions, we'll start off with more aerobic stuff and then move down to sort of shorter, faster yeah. things, which previously I'd just be doing the shorter, faster things. Um, yeah. Yeah, without the aerobic warm-up. <laughs> Got you. And you, like you're based in Melbourne, right? So you're doing that with the squad? Yeah, I am. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been really nice to have, yeah, that big squad and, yeah, yeah lots of girls to train with. Yeah. Great. And no doubt, like... I mean, no doubt doors will most likely open for you now that maybe weren't open before in terms of, you know, uh, getting start to big races and stuff. Is that, is that you know, obviously part of it as well? Yeah, I, well, I hope so. I think, um, yeah, Nick's so good at sort of choosing races and also getting his athletes into races. So I hope as well, yeah, that would be a really nice bonus as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes in Europe. <laughs> 
Uh, you're a good junior. I think you went to Eugene in 214 and raced um, World Juniors. Uh, did you consider kind of after that junior, I know you didn't start until you're like 15 or something, but in between the ages of 15 and 18, you had quite a lot of success. Like, did you consider going down the NCAA road or, or not really? Yeah, I definitely thought about it. I just, I'd sort of moved around quite a bit as a kid. Like I think I'd been to sort of five different primary high schools um, and I felt like I had just settled in Melbourne. So I like, moved to Melbourne at the end of year nine. And I was just really like, that was just my base. And I really didn't want to go and move overseas and sort of do it all again and be the new kid on the block. Um, so it, I think if I hadn't moved around as much, I definitely would have um, considered it a lot more because yeah, like looking sometimes I'm like, oh man, that would have been really cool to do the NCAAs because yeah, the experience and it, it just seems really fun. Um, but at the time, I think I just, yeah, I really liked being set up in Melbourne and didn't want to move again. I remember chatting to a uh, mutual friend that we have uh, last year leading into the Olympics and they were say saying you had a few niggles and you just kind of weren't at 100%. Um, is what was what was happening? What, what sort of niggles were you having and, and how, how much did that kind of get in the way of your Olympic prep? Yeah, so it was a bit of a battle trying to make the team. Um, so I think it in, in 2020, um, after sort of nationals was cancelled, I got a stress reaction in my femur. Um, that was, I hadn't had any like bony injuries before and that was probably my biggest injury. And even though, yeah, like I think that took two or three months to get back from. And even though that was fine and healed, I think having that long off like from training and the track, it just sort of, you know, I think this is really common with lots of runners. You have like one thing and then you all these other things crop up. So I think that was sort of the start of it. And then coming into 2021, um, I had like my Achilles and then it turned into my planter. Um, and then my, my planter was probably my biggest <laughs> annoyance, annoyance um, for 2021. Um, and I actually, so the week before nationals, I was like, I don't know if I can even make it through the heat and then do the final. Like, I think it's just going to be too sore. So I actually ended up deciding to sit out nationals and get a quarter zone in um, my planter. So I was two weeks off running. Uh, I was like able to cross train. I was like, okay, you know, not ideal at all to miss nationals in, you know, the lead up to the Olympics, but there were those races um, over in Queensland later closer to um, when the qualifiers ended that I really wanted to target. And I'm like, okay, let's do the quarter zone and target those. Um, and after two weeks, my planner did feel better. Um, but then I, like, I didn't think training was going okay. And then <laughs> I felt like a pop and I had torn my planter in training. Um, and that was about, I think like three or like four weeks to when the qualifiers closed. And I was like, oh man, this is pretty bad time. Oh no, maybe it was five weeks. Um, and I was like, oh, this is not great timing. Um, yeah, so I got a scan. Yeah, it was torn. Um, and then I was like, I think just cause I think COVID sort of extended like end of 2019, I was like, okay, I'm gonna put all my eggs into trying to make the team for the Olympics. And then COVID sort of extended it by a year. So it felt like it was just, I just put so much into trying to make the team. And I was like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep pushing. I'm gonna like cross train. 
so I took I think like a week and a half two weeks off and I was just doing like so much cross training and I had about then it was like three and a half weeks to the qualifiers close like AA had given me sort of because I was in the quota um for being selected and they gave me a time that I had to run to sort of prove fitness and I think I did about I did three track sessions where I was just like oh gosh like I got to give it everything and then I had um a time trial I was actually meant to go to Sydney to do a race but Sydney then went into like lockdown and we tried to set up a race in Melbourne but COVID um oh it just you can't really set up a race like with a week's notice um and luckily I was able to do like a sort of an official time trial um and I was so nervous before um yeah the time trial because I was like this is my one shot I pretty much knew I had to run like 407 um to make to have a shot like be in the running um, um I managed to do I think like 407 three in the time trial and even then I still had to wait a week to find out if that was enough um and then oh yeah and then I made the team which I was like so yeah ecstatic about and like it seemed like training was sort of going well and then the week I think 10 days out from my race in Tokyo I think it was just because I was just like pushing my body so much and not like giving it like enough like I think these injuries if I had enough time to sort of recover they wouldn't have even been too bad but I was just trying to like rush and squeeze um I ended up this was like my last track session last hard track session before my race um my like calf like sort of seized up mm. and I think I had a bit of a small tear I didn't end up getting it scanned um which so the 10 days before my race were not so great um but I was like my calf is going to be it's going to be running like it's I'm going to be pushing it I don't care what it's how it's feeling um and like luckily yeah I did yeah manage to make the start line and get through the race obviously like it, you know you want to get to the Olympics you know at in at your best and it's sort of like it sort of sucked to finish and be like oh that was not really quite close but I think the more time I've had from it I'm like okay well yeah not not ideal but I'm really still like well happy that I was able to do that and get that out of out of myself I guess so yeah that's sort of sorry I went on a bit of a oh, yeah. I was just like oh well there are a few things and I better just yeah, yeah. Quite, I mean you went through quite quite a lot hey I mean calves Achilles and um and planners they're just such common common injuries hey yeah yeah and see so, like I think if I had I wasn't trying to like rush and like make the deadline they would have been pretty manageable but yeah, yeah I just like wasn't giving yeah like any extra days yeah, yeah. so I mean obviously it's a shame because you're you at your best and um you know I think your PB was like 404 from like 2018 yeah right yeah so yeah I mean there's got to be a, a lot of you that thinks that you can get down near four minutes with Lyndon and um and Jessica, and, you know, it's just oh, I'd love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how did you fix this? There's got to be a lot of people listening to this that are sitting there with plantar pain, you know, when they're waking up in the morning and stuff. Um, because it's just so common. Like, were you wearing yeah. were you wearing like a one of those Strasbourg socks every night and doing cast? Yeah, like, I was did, doing. How did you feel it? So yeah, I felt like I was doing like everything, like 
I even had what's that like that show like shock therapy on your yeah. heel is do you know what oh, I'm not sure if that's what it's I, called no, I yeah <laughs> yeah I had I had that as well I don't think that helped too much um yeah and I wore like that sort of brace you put on your foot that yeah. keeps your foot <laughs> like straight yeah. yeah I had that at night um Can you yeah like Can you and in that yeah, I slept in yeah. it. Um, I would ice it like straight after sessions because it would be so sore. So sort of, to be honest, tearing it actually, like it's felt so much better since tearing it. Um, so that's not a not very helpful advice. Um, yeah, I guess then it has a chance to heal properly yeah. after you tear it, yeah. Yeah, and I think as well, like it was probably just like so tight before and sort of pulling on, I don't know, like the bone or the nerves or whatever um and I think tearing it sort of released it a little bit um what else has really helped me has been calf raises like I've just been doing so many calf raises with like the smith machine like seated and standing and I think that's made right. a big difference also and for my Achilles quite like are you loading up quite a lot with those yeah but I'm also well usually like 40 50 kilos but I'm sort of going quite slow like um I'll go like up one, two seconds and then down for three seconds and just right. like really fatiguing them. So yeah. like the next day they feel like jelly. And are you doing isometric holds with them or is it just kind of straight up and then like two seconds up, two seconds down sort of thing? Yeah, it's sort of, um, I would do a bit of a mix, but I reckon they're like two seconds up, three seconds down. Like that's been probably, I feel like the most noticeable, like that really makes them sore. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw, I always assumed that you were sponsored by Adidas because you were kind of always wearing Adidas, Addy stuff. And then I saw you wearing Nike spikes at nationals. What's happening on the sponsorship front? Oh, yeah. So um, I'd been sponsored by Adidas for a little, for, yeah, quite a while. I've sort of been getting free stuff from Adidas since World Juniors in 2014. So, yeah, I feel like I've been wearing Adidas for ages which I have. Um, but yeah, last year I didn't run that fast and COVID as well. Um, so in between sponsors at the moment. So sort of fun being able to wear what, whatever and sort of have a, yeah, play with different spikes and shoes as well. Um, so yeah. Nice. And obviously that's in Nick's domain now. Like, you know, you know, once you, once you get back to um, running your best and that's, you just leave that stuff with Nick. Yeah, which is sort of really relaxing. Like, I'm just like, oh, I don't have to worry about it. Nick will sort it. Yeah. Did you used to just <laughs> um, yeah. do that stuff yourself, did you? Um, I actually had a, another manager, um, Total Sports in the US. Um, but just, I think, yeah, with COVID, when I was doing most of my races in Australia, I actually changed to Nick. So I actually changed to Nick as my manager before, yeah, he coached me. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I know you have a degree, I forget what, but um, what's happening now? Have you finished <laughs> your degree and are you working? Yeah, so I finished my degree in January and it was a double degree of business majoring in marketing and design, like graphic design. Um, I'm sort of treating this year as a bit of a gap year um, because I, yeah, I'm going to be away for probably three or four months. Um, bit start, bit hard to start um applying for jobs and like hey hope you don't mind I'm going to be away for four months um so I'll do start looking for sort of jobs in sort of uh marketing brand management 
type area when I come back. But yeah, I'm not in too much of a rush. Just yeah, doing a bit of part-time work at the moment and focusing on running. So it's sort of nice not to have yeah uni in the background and just be able to re relax a bit more. Cool, cool. Hey, um, back to just uh, quickly to uh, World Champs and then um, Com Games. Do you know is Jessica Hull focusing on the five now, or does she is she going to do the the double? Or do you know? what um, yeah, um who you're kind of up against obviously Lyndon and yeah. yeah yeah so it's gonna be really tough to make the 15 team um so I'm pretty sure Jess wants to do the 15 at world champs I'm not 100% certain but um I'm not sure what she wants to do at com games um yeah so it, it will be really tough to make the 1500 team because yeah um they're some very quick girls sure. uh yeah Mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm presuming you're not going to get to Leonora this year you'll be in Europe no I wish I could go to Leonora I had lots of fun last time I went it's like it's a pretty fun town and yeah <laughs> and last time I won the golden nugget as well which is pretty cool like that uh, doesn't yeah do yeah have, do you still have that nugget <laughs> yeah I still have the nugget I like I'm not sure what I should do with it I'll wait for it to go up in value. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah. I mean, it probably has. I'm not too sure, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think I was chatting to a mate that won the nugget in like 2004 or five or something, and he's still got his nugget. So yeah. Um, yeah. You just, just hold that stuff up. Just waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in terms of your training, uh, you know, every, every kind of miler and middle distance runner has their bread and butter things that they absolutely love. Um, and just feels like gets them fit. What, what, you know, when it comes to you, what, what are your sessions that you just love and that really work for you? Sessions that, yeah, I really like. And if I do them well, I'm sort of like, oh yeah, I reckon I'm in good form. So in the past, it's been something like 600, 300 meters twice, um, or maybe something like four, 400 meters with probably like three minutes break. Um, those really sort of, yeah, anaerobic type, go all out as hard as you can sessions. And if I can do them at like a pretty quick time, I'm like, yes, all right. So is, your, weak, yeah, is your weakness with your training kind of like, if you had to, you know, say your 30 minute thresholds and stuff, is that where, is that your kind of weak point when it comes to, you know, your sessions? Yeah, well, definitely in the group, my um, threshold pace is a lot, not as quick as the other girls um and definitely even things like um six by k i find pretty tough especially with like i found a minute so short like recovery time and nick gives a lot of like 60 seconds sometimes 30 seconds recovery which yeah, yeah i just find so tough um yeah That's because like sometimes they're even kind of slow jogging and it's not really you don't just stand there yeah right. sometimes yeah. you just yeah you've got a jog recovery which i i don't think is fair um <laughs> yeah not a big fan of that but maybe i'll grow to like it <laughs> yeah oh i mean i think i think nick's proven that it totally works so um it's been lovely lovely having you on uh and you know we all and yeah, all the best. Um, we'll have to catch up again later in the year um, or early next year and see how it all goes. But good luck making the teams. Thank you so much, Sam. <laughs> Lovely, yeah, chatting to you. And yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs>